Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in their daughters' lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again today. And as always, you know, this is a journey that you and I are on raising our daughters to be those strong, independent women that we want them to be. And it's not always easy. It can be a challenge and parenting can definitely be that way. But every day we walk the path, we work hard, we put in the the effort, we put in the work to help our daughters to be the best kids that they can be, the best daughters they can be, the best women that they can be, um, the best people really that they can be. And every week, I love being able to talk with you, to work with you, to help you, to be able to walk that path, knowing that each one of our journeys is just a little bit different. And I love being able to bring you different people that have different experiences. And this week, we've got another great guest with us. Brian Page is with us. And Brian has three kids and has been walking his own path and trying to help other dads through a website that he has called modernhusbands.com. So we'll we'll be talking about his own journey as a dad, but also about modern husbands and a little bit more. So I'm really excited to have him here today. Brian, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. It is my pleasure having you here today. I love being able to talk to people and, and I love being able to first and foremost, turn the clock back in time because I want to learn a little bit more about you as a dad. So let's turn the clock back. And go back. This is the Dads with Daughters podcast. And I know that you have two sons and you have a non-binary child. Let's go back to that first moment that you found that you were going to be a, a father. And what was going through your head? Oh, I was terrified. So we were engaged to be married and the wedding was just for perspective. It was like in an August or September. It was a summer wedding. And and then, of course, we had to fast forward the wedding. So we already had told people, you know, the RSVP is what it's going to be. And then all of a sudden it's in like February, right? So everyone kind of knew. And I was, we were kids, we were young, we were just out of college. And yeah, I mean, it was unplanned. So it was like immediately, you know, you kind of go to your roots and what you think you need to do as, as a husband to support your wife and then as a father. And I just started to think about how can I somehow make sure that I don't screw this up and, and of course, you know, try to prepare us to be the best parents we can be. So yeah, maybe some of your listeners have been through that moment where uh, maybe sometimes it's joyful and maybe sometimes it's terrifying at first, but I think in the end, it's everyone always remembers that moment when they grab your finger, you know, for the first time after they're born, no matter what happened prior to that, your heart melts and you're ready to be a dad. You have a site called modernhusbands.com. And I know in the past, you you were an educator in the schools prior to this. And so I guess let's go back a little bit. Talk to me about the genesis of this site. What made you decide that you wanted to jump in and work with, with people in this way and leave the day-to-day school that you used to be in. Yes. And so there was something in the middle there. So when, oh gosh, I guess it'd be almost four years ago now. I was a teacher and then I had another job. I was a consultant and I guess our home was a little bit more traditional other than the first year of our first child where I stayed home during the day and worked in the evening and my wife did the opposite. So 
you know, division of labor was equal and we just looked at it pragmatically. But kind of moving forward is more of a 1950s setup where I was working all the time, like literally 80 hours a week. And she stayed home. And and frankly, that's a, that's a miserable way to live. But uh, you know, she she's really bright. She went back to work after our third went to kindergarten and advanced in her career and essentially had the opportunity to continue to advance that would have required us to move um, Atlanta from Cincinnati. So for those of you unfamiliar with the world of education, basically, if you're a public school teacher and you leave the state, you're done because of the way the pension system's set up and the way the salary structures are set up. So it was hard for me. I love teaching, but I also went to work for a great organization that trained teachers how to teach personal finance. And then that evolved into lobbying for a personal finance requirement for every high school student to graduate. Really proud that I was able to be a part of a group of folks to get that done in Ohio. And then when I went on to work for this next organization uh, to be a part of doing it for six other states. And then eventually the challenges at, at home kind of grew, you know, with everything we had going on. And my wife had a lot of commitments at work and we needed time and flexibility more than we needed money. And so I decided to, you know, kind of live that world and took some adjusting. And I had to figure out like, you know, what is my daily goal? Just as simple as like getting up, like, what do I need to get accomplished today? Other than helping my kid through this time, it was like an online private school because of everything going on with them and COVID, like science class or math class, whatever that may be, you know, there's there were other things. So I decided, like, how can I be great at this too? And so I Googled, like, how to be a great husband, something to that effect. And almost all the initial hits were, like, how to cheat on your wife and get away with it. Like, I was flabbergasted. So I realized that there are a lot of bad organizations out there, which is wonderful. But being a husband is a whole different ballgame. And so as a husband and a father, I wanted to seek ideas that would help me understand what I could do to support my wife and to obviously continue to support my kids. And I just couldn't find a community to do that. And so essentially, I created modernhusbands.com because I I I did not see anything out there like that. And I felt like there should be something like that back in my own mind. I was like, you know, this is kind of doing my own thing and it's flexible. And that's my primary responsibility at home is to be the flexible one. So I take the kids to the doctors and the orthodontists and the allergy shots and all those kinds of things and make dinner. And and then, and I do this and I I do it. I have a part-time job, by the way, with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, a visiting scholar there, but kind of a a one-year term position. And so anyhow, I started to dive in just to academic research behind husbands and and partners. If I could have named it Modern Partners to be as inclusive as possible, I would have, but I don't think as a society, like enough people understand what that means right now. But anyhow, I started to dive into what it means to be a husband today. And and I stumbled upon like a lot of research that shows that the community is necessary to kind of engage in the in helping men understand how to make their wives happier because in 45% of households now women are either making the same or earning more than their husbands. And as we've seen this evolution of women in the workforce continue to grow and the gender pay gap continue to be reduced as it all should be. That also means that practically speaking and statistically speaking, there's going to be more and more households where a female is the leading breadwinner. And that that creates a whole different dynamic, like who's the lead caregiver, who does more at home, on and on. So we all looked at, at least maybe not all of us, but many men grew up in a household where women predominantly ran the home and men predominantly worked and you know they brought home the bacon. So for many folks, this new model has not been modeled 
And it's hard for men and women alike to be able to adjust to this new norm in a way where both partners can be happier. So Modern Husbands, and then we have a podcast, Modern Husbands Podcast, where we simply just share ideas to manage money in the home together. Because when you look at what tops the list for the reasons for divorce, it is number one, almost every year, it's something to do with money. And then almost every year in the top four is an unfair division of labor at home. Uh, just resentment and stress and fighting based on that, that typically originates from women toward men and men not understanding kind of like what they're doing wrong, what their role should be. So we just try to make sure that we provide the, the resources that are necessary to understand how to manage money with your partner, how to sort out the home environment where you can maximize your free time together and be happier and also just show the research that supports it all and what works and what doesn't. I mean, I what blew me away was the, uh, the Cambridge study that showed that when there's a fair division of labor at home, so we're not talking about money now, just basically chores, that men get the biggest hoop and biggest uh, jump in happiness, not women. Like men are happier because it's fair and that obviously the marriage is happier. And of course, managing money together is a whole different dynamic and that requires a lot of expertise and support. You've been doing this now for a bit of time and you're working with men in a, a lot of different ways. You're offering some courses, you've got your podcast, you you are talking to different men in different ways in your communities. So talk to me about what you've learned most in this journey that you've been on to create modern husbands, but also what you've learned the most that has helped you personally in this journey? So I would say that that most of the resources on our site, and then you'll see on our advisory board, most of their expertise is um, around managing money as a couple. So that's my background is financial education. And I was great at it. And so I, I wouldn't say I learned a ton there. So I, I don't want people to think that, you know, there's not a lot of great stuff out there when it comes to managing money. But where I did learn a lot was just the division of labor, like understanding how societal norms have impacted just like who does what and the roles that we should take as as fathers that were not necessarily the kinds of roles that our fathers took for us. So for me, I think the number one thing that I've learned that has helped me the most is what's called cognitive labor, meaning like owning the responsibility of running the home. So to give you an example, if you have a job and let's say you're an educator, you're a salesperson, whatever it may be, typically with that job, you're thinking about the job when you're not at the job, right? Like you have this running list of things that you need to accomplish or goals that you're trying to set that are kind of going through your head all the time that can't be quantified. It doesn't, not something that can be calculated by punching in to get to work or punching out for leaving work. And that women have been managing or shouldering disproportionately the cognitive load of running a home. And I never realized how much that takes away from thinking through your own career. And so I would say the first thing would be to, to recognize that easiest strategy I have found to use to help your partner kind of be released from some of that cognitive load is an idea that I got from um, in the book, uh, Fair Play from Eve Rodsky. And then Dr. Mongino has great stuff in Equal Partners. But, but essentially, when you're dividing up the chores at home, make sure that you literally own the chore and everything about it. So an easy example would be meals. 
I love to cook. I love to like smoke meat and grill out and, and cook itself, like everything about it. My brother loves to cook. It's just something we, we always enjoy. And so that means that I own everything around that. So I set the schedule and send it out to the family of like what we're having for dinner. I decide when we're eating out, when we're not, because I run you know a lot of the budget. I If I'm the one responsible for cooking, which I am, that means I'm responsible for the grocery list because I need to know what to buy and when. I don't have the time. I don't want to waste the time to sit down with my wife and like, formulate a grocery list. I, that that takes like 15 minutes. And then if you go to the grocery store together, you know, that takes forever. And she works and we have all these kids. We just don't have that time to do all that. So I own every piece of that. And then that means I also own, you know, cleaning the kitchen and the dishes and those kinds of things. Now I have kids. And so fortunately I put them to work too. So they obviously help in cleaning the kitchen and doing the dishes, but I own that. My wife doesn't have to think about that. My wife owns the laundry. Now she might chip in every once in a while if she's bored or just sees the dishes haven't been done yet. She might jump in, but I own it. Whereas conversely, she owns laundry. Now the kids typically do most of their own laundry. I'll throw some stuff in every once in a while. So it's not like we don't do any of it, but as far as who's responsible for making sure that it's done, it's her. And so we kind of, we've divided up all of the chores in that way where now because of our circumstances, I lead most of those things, but it makes it way easier because you don't have to go through useless communication of who's doing what. And then somebody being upset because something's not done or something's not done the way you like it or whatever it may be, um, just makes it a lot easier and more efficient. And then as it pertains to managing money, obviously there are similarities between that and, and the division of labor with chores where, you know, I manage almost everything to do with our finances, but that's not new. I've always done that with the exception of anything, anything that we get in the mail, right? So any paper bill, she does that. My wife's in finance. So like, you know, she kind of, for whatever reason, digs that, but I deal with everything else, which again, makes it easier. Now she's not in the dark on our finances. We meet and discuss and go over things of typically called money dates. So we're on the same page, but you know, I own it. I know that you have classes on your website in regards to finance, but you also have a new course that you're working on in regard to homework hacks. And I would love to hear more about this because it really, it pulls in your teaching background and also in helping parents to better be connected with their kids and helping their kids in regard to homework. But talk to me about this new course, what you're doing, what you've created to help parents, help kids as they move into a new school year? There's, I feel like a significant gap and others will agree in the education world and how we prepare students or, or your own children to learn independently. That in itself is a skill and there's a science behind that. And that gap creates problems that are time sucks for parents where you're constantly being asked to help with homework or stay on top of their homework, but they're also depriving our own kids of being great learners and shifting to a mentality of being curious and excited and understanding that they're capable of much more than they were before they understood the science of learning. So I was a Milken National Teacher of the Year, and I got with a couple other Milken National Teachers of the Year, somebody who's at NYU now as a doctor, a Dartmouth grad, and then a couple college kids who are, one of them's a neuroscience major who's almost graduated, and the other is pre-law and an artist that overcame dyslexia. And those two college students obviously relate well to the kids. 
So I tried to get people from all different types of, of backgrounds. And, and, you know, through that, we all have our own roles in this course to make sure that students understand the science behind independent studying. And the way the course was designed was thinking of the child first. And so kids don't like watching somebody sit down and talk, be talk to you for 45 minutes straight. They don't appreciate kind of like the sit and get lecture style, but what they do like is the poppiness and the, the speed of social media. So the videos that are made, there are nine different units are designed in that way where there's lots of graphics and it's fast and it's exciting and, and there's lots of visuals and they're three to five minutes long. That's it. And the, the total video length is around 30 to 35 minutes. And then the reading material can, can take up to an hour if you like dive deeply into it. Most of the kids get it done on average in literally 57 minutes. And it's, you own it forever. And it's something that you can refer to if you need to study. And I did it in part because I saw as a parent what it was like under a couple circumstances. One, when we were facing time scarcity, we had lots of things to accomplish and the kids need help with homework. And we always want to help them. But I, quite frankly, a lot of the things they needed help with were things they could have done independently and they just didn't know how to do it. So I ended up teaching my kids how to do it, which helped us. But I also know that a lot of kids don't have a teacher at home who understand the science behind independent studying strategies. But then number two is just the cost, like a tutor. If you're going to send your kids to a tutor, it's usually $50 to $150 an hour. And then, you know, for a lot of parents, that's just, they don't have the means to do it. So I tried to, to fill a void. I didn't see anything out there that does this and want to make it affordable. So I'm selling it for like $19.95. Apparently the extra nickel that I take off is important. So it's $19.95 and you, know, you have access to it forever. And it's designed for the kids themselves to sit down and learn how to learn. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, if people want to find out more about Modern Husbands or about this homework hack course, tell me more about that and where people can go to get that information. If you go to modernhusbands.com, you'll see the self-help homework hacks class on the front page. And then you'll see it also in other pages, but it's on. It's always going to be on the front page and you can order it from there. You go to modernhusbands.com and you can get to our podcast from modernhusbands.com, the Modern Husbands podcast. And then if you subscribe to our newsletter, which you can also find at modernhusbands.com, we gift our subscribers a free ebook on budgeting for couples and then two courses, one on budgeting as a couple, the other is saving as a couple as gifts to help folks and the newsletter is sent out just every couple of weeks. When I worked all the time, the last thing I needed was an email a day from somebody like me. So we limited it to every couple of weeks. But if you want more, we also have Substack and you can find that on our website. And we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Yeah, I, th I think so. In one word, what is fatherhood? Responsibility. When was the time that you finally succeeded at being a father? Wow, I've never even thought about that. My 13-year-old cycled across America. Well, he was 13 at the time, cycled across America with my father to raise 10,000 for MS. My mom had MS. So yeah, it was a pretty special moment to see him dip his tire in, in the Atlantic Ocean after being on a bicycle for 71 straight days as a 13-year-old. That's like an amazing experience. Now, if I was to talk to your kids, how would they describe you as a dad? My youngest child says that I'm the problem solver and that mom is the, the one who always just makes me feel better. So they come to me to solve problems. I do all I can to make them feel better. I'd like to think that 
<laughs> I do that, but I guess I tend to just always think about the bigger picture and then try to give them ideas for solutions. Who inspires you to be a better dad? Oh, my dad. My dad's amazing. I won the genetic lottery there. And finally, you've talked about a lot of different experiences that you've had as a parent. You've talked about some of the things that you've learned from other dads. What's one piece of advice that you'd give to every dad? You can't really control what your kid's going to become. You can control the experience they have while they're with you. You have some control over what they value and, and some control over influencing the choices that they make. So you have to do your best to create an environment where they feel supported and nurtured and, and that you give them the opportunities they need to make choices that are in their best interest and to support those choices, but don't get hung up on trying to come up with like an artificial vision of who you want your child to be, because you have no idea what that's going to look like. And the last thing you need is a vision that's not their reality. And then you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Just savor the moments. Time is flying. My kids are, uh, my youngest is a freshman. So I've only got four more years and just know that time flies and just to, to focus on what you can control. And then typically everything else unfolds in a good way. Well, Brian, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for what you're doing to be able to help men become better husbands, help families to better manage their finances and helping parents to help their kids with homework and beyond. I w Thank you for sharing your story and I wish you all the best. Thanks for having me. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be